0: Monica Matthew, Monica Matthew Show. Hey, welcome back to the Monica Matthew Show. It's been a minute. Oh my gosh. I missed you guys last week. Every now and then life happens and my podcast suffers on occasion, on occasion. Thank you for your patience with that. Thank you for your commitment to me. I am very committed to you. <laughs> I promise. Oh my goodness. So many good things happening. I have syndication in the works, uh, even bigger audience about to join forces with an amazing uh, conservative uh, syndication. And, uh, you know, we're out here doing this thing to bring you guys truth without being beholden to the craziness of, um, of the almighty dollar. Uh, one of my soon-to-be co-hosts, well, not co-hosts, but colleagues, rather, Uh, I am actually on his platform now every Monday. It's Mondays with Monica. I will have a very small segment on his show, but, but Stu Peters has been very generous with his space online. Uh, and I really appreciate it. He is as solid as they come. He talks a mile a minute. He's excited about everything and he loves America. He loves justice, law and order. He's been a law enforcement officer for years, got a beautiful family. I mean, the dude is as solid as a rock, um, and I'm very blessed to know him. So we have now embarked on Mondays with Monica. So we'll recap a little bit of the week before, what seems to be you know coming up uh, in the week that we're in, uh, as well as some spiritual undergirding to get us through that week, and not just get us through... But so that we're overcoming and that we are living abundantly, right? It's so important because I think sometimes, and believe me, I am just like the rest of you. I can become very overwhelmed and just completely saturated with the news cycle. I mean, this is the most unbelievable game of what the hell that any of us have played in a really long time. And when we had probably since the Obama era, Four years of Trump, man, I mean, just spoiled us, I think, into, I don't know what. I mean, people, at least those of us who care about liberty, justice, order, America first. I mean, those of us who who value those uh, inherently uh, American characteristics (laughs) and Christian characteristics on top of that, uh, you know, life being important. Uh, justice, you know, seeing people brought out of prison who were oh my gosh, I you know, I always think about the lady Miss Johnson, I believe is her name, who was imprisoned for. I mean, y'all y'all can laugh at Kim Kardashian if you want to, um, but you know she had some God used her and got that little lady out of prison who had no business being there that long. I mean, just stupid stuff. And so, yeah, we know that justice has not prevailed for many people in this earth. And so I, especially blacks. So I love the fact that president Trump um, championed, you know, justice reconstruction, if you will. But, you know, I do believe there needs to be some, some stop gaps put in place with the first step act that uh, may not have been there before. You got to understand the pipeline of this criminal gang activity, you know, here's the thing that really sucks. You ready? For years, I have been on the air talking about things like criminal gang elements. And I've tried to bring it to you in such a way that it, it it's not just hyperbolic, right? Well, it's not just them. Well, that's what those guys deal with. The guys in the city. That's like an urban problem, Right. And I'm like, yeah, not really, because, you know, your meth labs are out there in East Bumble. And um, the hillbillies know how to run drugs and and people, too. Uh, Motorcycle gangs are not exactly, you know, left out of the equation. And so you've got MS-13 running through the country. And the president was laughed at, I mean, by the left, because they hated him so much. They didn't want to hear anything he had to say about factual data. Coming, you know, out of the border. Listen, you have to also understand that with regard to the criminal gang element, those statistics were put on ice for the entirety of the Obama administration. Now, why would he want to do that? Why would anyone want to keep you from understanding who your enemy was or is? Do you realize that there's a nation of criminal gang members in this country. I mean, there are more criminal gang elements in this country than all of ISIS or like three ISIS. <laughs> There's is just something that makes me laugh. I have friends who say breakfasts. <laughs> it's like, no, it's breakfasts. <laughs> I don't know what it is with the extra like skip across the water with the rock, but. <laughs> It's just one of those things, you know, we we go to Saturday morning breakfasts and I'm like, no, no, stop it. <laughs> That's just my word snobbery. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not a snob about much, but, but words is just one of those things, man, where my nose I can't really... I don't know, and especially you know what it is though it's with people who pride themselves in being the elite academias. <laughs> they're the academics and um and they can't get something right like breakfasts. It's not breakfasts, good grief, it's breakfasts <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for bearing with me. I digress <laughs> at any rate. there's Bella, she's barking. we can hear her um so my fluffy Pomeranian who makes every broadcast whenever I'm online with someone else like internationally with 9 million viewers. It's amazing. Welcome to the era of COVID where most of us have a lot more mercy for people's living rooms and kitchens. Are y'all like as surprised as I am sometimes by how janky some of the newscasters like apartments are, you know, or they're just like, Okay. I thought you guys made like a buck fifty a year. I mean, did you just kind of throw that IKEA stuff together? Um, and listen, I have IKEA furniture, so I'm not hating, but there's some places, man, when I'm like, these people look like they are like, they are straight balling, right? Like they are shot calling on their network talent and they're beautiful and coiffed, or they're just very well put together personality people. And you see their, I don't know, like their their offices or their dens, their dining rooms. I'm thinking y'all have got to be in New York City where you can't afford a post stamp for twelve fifty a month, without cockroaches that are bigger than your cat. So, and who would want to live there now anyway? Ugh, yuck. But I'm serious, and so COVID has really kind of like knocked the edge off of everything having to be so quaffed and perfect <laughs> with regard to newscasts and information or disinformation, anyway, why would the Obama administration want you to not know that you have a nation within a nation? Well, just think about that. I mean, most Democrats, if we're being honest, and listen, ha! Ah, Republicans don't get a pass on this either. No, 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 no. We're going to talk about my state in just a minute, the Great Peach State. Yep. But Republicans don't get a pass either. But whenever you think about the incentive for withholding crucial information that pertains to one's actual physical safety, their physical safety, your online safety, your identity, your children, your grandchildren. And We were talking identity theft is a major multi-billion dollar industry that works directly through criminal gang elements. See, most of you think, well, like I said, that's them, that's, uh, that's on the other side of the tracks. No, babe. They're right there in your neighborhoods. They're probably your next door neighbor who look exactly like you. Yes, it is a syndicate. Speaking of syndication, it is a crime syndicate, which means it is a web. It is a labyrinth. It is a matrix. And it goes wide and it goes deep and it does not bypass politics. And some of your politicians are absolutely in the hip, the back, the butt pocket of of horrific, horrific criminal gang elements. And so, it's important to understand who's in your neighborhood, and I mean politically, like logistically, geographically, like who, who's around you. That's very important to your safety. I mean, take it from me. I live in the jungle of Atlanta. And I'm in the prop, the city proper. So yeah, I mean I, you know, you don't, you don't go grocery shopping. People, you know, ask if you have a mask. <laughs> Funny story. So I'm on the phone with a friend of mine who's like, special forces guy, and and he's like, I walk into my local Publix, and <laughs> without fail, as soon as I walk in, I never wear a mask. And there's a sign at the front door. We require masks. I'm like, well, I'm not doing it. So. I walk in and within two minutes I get the Ah, thank you, public shoppers, for following, blah, blah, blah. We're keep it we're all in this together. Let's keep our six foot distance and and, and also uh, you know, please remember that it is required that all of our store patrons wear masks. And I'm thinking, yep, yep that was for me. So I make it no I'm I'm not even a hundred steps into the front door. And this lady in green, she looks at me and she's talking with someone and she's like, Hi, would you would you like a mask? And she reaches into her pocket. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm wearing a bulletproof vest. <laughs> and the look on her face is like, what? <laughs> like, like?" she's thinking, I'm sure she's thinking to herself and the lady in front of her, um, uh, okay, so should we, you know, should we follow her through the store? Should we call the police? And it was his idea. So my my friend who's on the phone. And it was absolutely priceless because her face is like, what did she just say? So I'm curious, like how do some of you deal with people who get onto you in public if you're not wearing a mask? Or if you're the mask Nazi, how have you addressed people about not wearing the mask? Because here's the thing, here's the thing. I have a lot of mercy for people who wear their masks, right? My mother is one of them. And I don't give mama crap for wearing her mask because mama is 78 years old. And if she wants to wear a mask, then she can wear a mask. She has earned the right to put a mask over her face and believe that it works. And I'm not here to argue with her, but she also knows I'm not going to wear a mask. And so I don't believe in the science. I think it's blah, 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 hocus pocus, but it's okay. I don't shame my mother about wearing a mask because it's just disrespectful and I'm here to honor my mother, right, because I'm trying to live long and be healthy in the land because that's the first commandment with a promise. Honor your mother and father so it will go well with you and you will live long in the land and be healthy. (laughs) So some of y'all are sick because y'all are just ugly to your parents. Yep, time to forgive that stuff. We'll talk about that in a minute. So, So my mother, God bless her, Helga, straight off the boat from Germany, I mean, she's amazing. She's come through so many things. You really think I'm going to give Helga a hard time about uh, about her mask? No. But she also knows, don't mess with me about not wearing mine, because I'm, I'm like, Mama, Mom, listen, Mommy, Mama, Mama, Mama. Um, if, if you're wearing your mask, then, and you believe it works, it's kind of like people who are vaccinated, right? But they're still going to wear their mask, and they want you to wear yours too. And they want you to get vaccinated. And I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. So yours either worked or it didn't, right? Your mask either works or it doesn't. I don't need 20 masks to feel better. You know, I also don't wear weighted blankets. Again, my daughter does. She loves it. I hate it. Kudos to you guys who love it. You feel safe. You feel like you're in a little burrito, a body burrito. Perfect. Good on you. I don't like them. So I don't wear them. I don't need to feel safe with my blankets. So I don't feel safe with a mask. It's just that simple. No shame, no shame on you. But I'm curious if you're one of those people who shames people about not wearing a mask while you are wearing yours, I'd love to hear from you. Please sound off on my website. I have this cool feature on my website where you can leave recorded messages and you can call back and keep going. You don't bother me at all, but I want you to know something. They're public so some of you leave me very intimate details about your lives, which I'm totally fine with, by the way. But I would encourage you to send those things to my Proton Mail because every single thing you send through Gmail is um, is actually monitored by all kinds of great people. So Monica Matthews at ProtonMail.com, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S. That is encrypted. Uh, if you're if you're sending me very personal information, it's better for you. To uh, send it there. So uh, on my website, though, I'd love to hear from those of you, how have you dealt with people giving you a rash on top of your face rash from, from wearing a mask or not wearing a mask out in public, rather? I would love to know, like, your wildest story. I would love to know it. And just know that if you leave it, I may play it on my show. Okay, because I think that's fun, and people love to hear from each other. And I'm really looking forward to being um, live here in the coming uh, months as I'm rolling out with this new initiative. Uh, Very excited, Voter Integrity Initiative. So uh, election integrity, remember our election grid is down. That is a phrase that a friend of mine coined, and I love it because it is absolutely true, and this person knows everything there is to know about critical infrastructure and national security and defense. And until we start seeing our vote that way, we are going to remain in this um, self looking ice cream cone. Speaking of a self looking ice cream cone, Georgia, and uh, people who really miss the mark, who some of you have an inordinate amount of um, mercy for. And that would be my governor, Brian Kemp, who is running for a second term, by the way. So all of this brouhaha you see with Major League Baseball, right? Thank God. Thank God, people are showing us who they are. Oh, I mean, I know it's so it's disheartening, like with every person who, who comes out, every entity, every Supreme Court justice, every pastor who, you know, is, is a U.S. Senator. I mean, thank God people are showing us who they are. Because that way you get to make a change about it while you still can, especially the elected. Okay? So in the state of Georgia, we still have Dominion. And I don't care what you say about Dominion. This isn't just a Republican beef. This is, go back and watch the Netflix documentary, Kill Chain. This is a little guy, a little Finnish guy named Hari, who's been a hacker since he was like two, right? Picked up by the Finnish government. And, and now, you know, he's like the, the the wizard of all things elections, right? But where Hari wants to start this election cycle is that there was nothing wrong with the, um, with the hardware of this election cycle. But that's not what Hari said in 2016. That's not what he said in that documentary whenever they felt like Trump stole the election. You know why they believe that? Because they know that those machines are absolutely hackable. And Hari spent the better half of an hour and 45 minutes proving to us how that happens. But now, all of a sudden, that's not possible. Now, all of a sudden, you have billions of dollars of lawsuits posturing, complete peacock posturing on behalf of of technological just Goliaths going after people like Mike Lindell and Sidney Powell because they were shedding light on what those systems can actually do. Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, dear friend of mine, colleague, hardworking like he has been through it to bring this artifact uh, technology that he has that he has yet to be able to utilize in the state of Georgia to the full extent that it, it has been It has been adjudicated, if you will. Uh, it, it has been ordered by the courts for them to receive ballots. Garland Favorito in the state of Georgia has been working relentlessly on this too, uh, although there's some... You know, there's a lot of hearsay about how this whole thing has been infiltrated. Uh, But I do believe at this juncture that Jovon and Garland are attempting to work together to just put some things aside and uh, and allow the technology to speak for itself as as well as this forensic audit. Now you got to know that Brad Raffensperger stepped forward, the secretary of state of Georgia, and he's trying to put a stop to that because he says untrue, complete lie that it jeopardizes the uh, anonymity of the voter to give over ballots. That is absolute crock. Have you ever filled out your name on a ballot? Is your name on the ballot? No, it's not. We're not talking about absentee ballots. We're talking about ballots that have been scanned. So it is crap. It is just another ploy. It is another um, cog in the wheel of of the, you know, as Georgia turns. Right? We've become the peach pit. I mean, sewer here in the state of Georgia. So, Brian Kemp is now playing tough guy with Major League Baseball. So, what I'm saying is, thank God we get to see uh, Major League Baseball is in bed with China. Shocking. <laughs> I mean, just hold on. I mean, if you think this is over, if you think we're just getting started, God is just getting started with the revelations. I mean, just hold on to your panties because, because more of them are coming. But this is exciting because you get to see exactly where people are going to land. Just like with the Supreme Court, and so many of you, myself included temporarily, disheartened that they didn't take up a single case of this election, completely left the American people hanging. And I thought to myself, well, thank God, there it is. Thank you, Father. Now we can get on with it. Now we know where their hearts are, and not all of them. Thank you, Justice uh, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you for being a man of actual justice and honor. I mean, just... So, Brian Kemp is now Mr. Big Guy. He's Mr., you know, the tough guy on campus. He's going to come defend everyone's vote, and he's not going to back down, and... You know we're we're going to see this thing through. Well, you know, a few years ago, uh, we had a couple of pieces of legislation, but I'll that were that he did say that he would champion. I'll just I'll just stick with one. He was not the governor at this time, but I will stick with one. We had a blue dog Democrat at the time who ran as a Republican and wanted everyone to believe he's a Republican. I will never believe he's a Republican, and anyone in their right mind would neither. But Governor Nathan, let's make a deal. Was our governor at the time. And the Chamber of Commerce, along with the LGBTQ community, not the community, but the corporate community, you have to, you have to, you must separate the two. You must. Because there is such a minority of gay individuals who find their identity in a letter of the alphabet that it is is—it is sacrilege for you to allow the corporate cabal the nation of the LGBT corporate community to, uh, to cause division and strife between you and homosexuals in this country. That is dead wrong of you to do that. They are not the same. I promise you they're not. There are more homosexual people who hate what the corporate entity of the LGBT corporate mafia ball does. They hate it. They don't like anything the trans community stands for in the way of forcing children to take, you know, uh, hormone replacement therapy at eight. I mean, these people, these guys are mortified that this is a thing and they hate being lumped into this stuff. So, but the chamber of commerce is no stranger to picking out, uh, you know, the prime victims, the people who would just, you know, champion the cause and, and listen, People feel bad about the things that have happened to blacks and slavery and to gay people and being killed for being gay and ostracized and left out of, you know, just common decency and and much less equality. Right. In the way of equal access to things in this country uh, by virtue of being an, an equally created human being. Yes, I am a Republican, for those of you tuning in for the first time. I am a conservative. I am a conservative Christian, and I absolutely believe that God created everyone equally. Okay? I'm not going to get into my theology about homosexuality and all of that tonight. I'm moving over to Reverend Warlock in just a minute. So, but as it pertains to this conversation, Rifra, Religious Freedom Restoration Act, was something that was on the table a few years back in the Chamber of Commerce Uh, The the Georgia Chamber of Commerce, along with the LGBT community, nationally came against the state of Georgia, as did many of the corporations that you see rallying right now, attempting to once again forfeit, otherwise steal, annihilate, molest, rape, trample on our First Amendment rights rights. Right, because there's multiple rights tied up into the First Amendment right. So with religious liberty, what they did was exactly what they're doing now. The corporate giants did not read the legislation. I know this for a fact because I was in a luncheon. I was at the time. I was a member of a of a um, a little high flutin. Uh, it's not a secret society, that's for sure. But it is a uh, it's a membership, and in in our only. Our only mantra was take the call, which is awesome to be in something like that. And these were all people like were C suite individuals, entrepreneurs as well, uh, but people who are movers and shakers in different industries. Okay. And so, um, I don't I I guess by virtue of just, you know, me and my charm and the fact that I'm <laughs> Ha ha and then I'm in media. Um, actually it was my charm, I think, that that got me the invitation into the group, but and that in a Greek. And you know how we are as Greeks, we all stick together forever. So I um speaking of our Easter's coming up May first. I'll talk about that in a minute. So we um I get invited to this group and I'm at my first major meeting and you're you're talking about Heads of corporations in this room for this luncheon, right? And there's not—I'm like one of three women in the room. On top of that, there's only like 20 women in the entire organization, but um, but only three of us are there. So I'm in this room, and this dude gets up to talk about the legislation because there's even though it's not supposed to be <laughs> a political organization, these guys have managed to siphon. Uh, information from from very unreliable sources about legislation that could cost businesses everything from utility companies to hospitality industry. You name it. Uh, if they feel like their industry, restaurants and bars, if they felt like their industries were going to be threatened by particular legislation, they were going to get up and give like you know the death speech to these C suite individuals. Well, I'm sitting there listening to this mess, and mind you, I'm very close friends at the time with this person who was who had authored the legislation for religious restoration, um, religious uh, freedom restoration act, right? Which all they wanted to do was ensure that the burden was on the state to prove that that you had somehow violated someone else's ability to, you know however they wanted to express themselves, right? Because remember at the time, this was this was on the heels of like cake baking and forcing people to bake cakes. And you were seeing Christian bakers go out of business. Their, their lives were ruined financially as well as other ways because that's when the quote cancel culture was just getting started. Now you understand why I don't subscribe to cancel culture culture because this is the steal kill and destroy culture there's no if ands or buts or in betweens about it not for me because the, my Bible doesn't say the enemy came to cancel me my Bible says the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy and that's exactly what he's doing and he's done that to many businesses who were god-fearing great people not hateful not out here causing trouble not out here anti you know gay, gay bashing none of that minding their own business politely offered to bake other things, but maybe not a wedding cake, right? And so the entire narrative of religious freedom gets hijacked. And you have churches who are now chiming in to say, well, you know, it, Jesus would not hate on the gay people. I'm like, again, have you read the legislation? No. Okay, praise the Lord. Thank you. Sit down. So or step, step outside of your pulpit to deal with this stuff, right? Because people don't want to get squashed. They don't want to lose their 501c3 statuses. So I'm in this luncheon, and I'm listening to this crap about lies about this legislation because they're there to scare the crap out of these heads of corporations, heads of industries. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's no way. There's no way I can sit here and listen to this because I know, and listen, my, my pulse is up. My, I'm thinking, and I've got a friend of mine who's just joined as well, came in because of me, who is no longer with us, but an amazing patriot served this country very well in the military and a very successful entrepreneur. And he's sitting across the room and he's texting me and he's like, Matthews, are you going to stand up or am I? They're talking about all the repercussions, the financial repercussions of what happened in North Carolina and the sports God stood up against the, against this legislation because it's so hateful and so divisive and it leaves the gays out of everything. And I'm like, Okay, first of all, that is not how that went down in North Carolina. It is not going to bankrupt the state. Everybody, just exhale, okay? And I'm like, all right, fine. So I knew that was my call to action. Oh, man, here I am, new kid on the block. I'm a chick on top of that. And I'm in this room with men who are like, I'm talking at the top C-suite level of industries. And there's like 250 of them and me. And this dude up at the front of the room, I don't have a microphone. Of course, I'm in the very back of the room because I was late, as always. And I'm in the back of the room, and I stood up. My face, I'm sure, was as red as a peach. I mean, as red as a tomato. And I don't know what came over me. I don't even know what I said, but by God, I defended the Word of God. And I said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Never. And you are messing with the Word of God And this is a place of industry, and I realize this is not a house of prayer, although every place on this planet should and could be a house of prayer. If you're a Christian, wherever you go, pray. That's your house. You are the house of God, by the way. So everywhere we go, we are the house of prayer. Pray unceasingly is what the word says. Don't ever stop praying. The second you walk into a room, you pray. Take authority over every other thing in that room That spirit that is spiritual, attempting to have jurisdiction over God's place in that room. And that's exactly what I did. And I stood up and I was like, nope. First of all, these are lies. This is fear-mongering. That is not what the legislation is set to do whatsoever. This has nothing to do with hating on gay people, not even a little bit. Who in this room, please, by a show of hands, has read the legislation? Including the man at the podium. I want you to ask me how many people raised their hands. Right. We're talking, again, heads of corporations that you are very familiar with. No one read the legislation. I was also a part of a group who was bringing uh, Christian films to the city of Atlanta, okay, to the state of Georgia. And... We're meeting over at, like, this great church facility, right? I mean, we're supposed to be God-fearing people. I mean, it's a Christian film group, for gosh sakes. And so this legislation is on the table, and they've got one of their mouthpieces, you know, because they're all spread out. Let me tell you, the left is, like, busy. I mean, you've got believers on the left, too. I know it's hard for some of you to believe, but they are there. And so, and listen, this is about line of pockets, honey, I've said it since I got on the airwaves. If you want if you want to find out why anyone is doing anything that makes no sense to you whatsoever, that is attempting to, to oppress someone or something or an entity or a group of individuals, look no further than a money trail because that's where you're going to find it. You'll find every single motive you can think of right there on the money trail. Just follow the money, including with Christians. I know it's hard. I know. I know. So this guy... Uh, he's a mouthpiece for the left, very well known in the city of Atlanta uh, and Los Angeles, very well known and respected within the investment community. And I've seen this gentleman around for years and he gets up to talk about, we, we've got to kill this legislation. I'm thinking to myself, I have literally died and gone to hell. Like there is no way I'm listening to this right now at eight o'clock in the morning at a freaking Christian film breakfast group meeting where we're not supposed to be talking about politics we're talking about bringing Christian films to the marketplace and here we are trying to kill the first amendment are you kidding me right now I mean I'm just Like, okay, God, clearly I said, send me, I will go. And you're like, okay, cool, hold my beer. And here I am, like at every event in places where I'm like, no, do not make me stand up and do this again. But I was so, the Holy Spirit inside of me at that point was just so incensed by things I was hearing, the lies I was hearing. I couldn't believe it. And people sitting there just gullible, you know, just mouth breathing, just mouth breathing through the whole thing. I mean, just like totally taking it all in. And I'm like, okay. It's going to be me again. (laughs) All right. So I'm like, excuse me, that is not what this legislation is about at all. This is about your First Amendment rights. This is about your faith, your ability to exercise your faith. And the whole room gets quiet and they're like, oh, God. That's when people are like, well, we don't like to talk about politics. I'm like, well, too late, honey. Because you guys are already talking about it. You don't get to backstroke now just because you don't like what someone's bringing to you in the form of truth. So no, you cannot come to my state, take our tax credits for film and then squash us by attempting to hijack our first amendment rights. Absolutely freaking not, not on my watch. Nope, not going to sit here and take it. So needless to say, I became quite the pariah in all of my little groups that I've been a member of. And so this is not my first rodeo with this stuff. So corporate America has has proven in time, in times in the not so distant past, to do exactly what they're doing now. This just happens to be at a time when the entire country is sitting up to take notice. Because most of the country could not have cared less. And most of the country agreed that we were a bunch of racists down here in Georgia because we, and a bunch of bigots, a bunch of homophobes, because a lot of you guys bought the narrative from the left day in and day out on your stupid, you know, stupid media boxes of disinformation. That's why it's so important to have people you trust in media. So I'm very proud to, uh, to, I look forward to partnering with the gentlemen mainly, men who are in this particular syndication. I'm very excited uh, to join the boys, um, to have my voice be heard alongside theirs. They are patriots, they're hardworking, they're not sold out to the almighty dollar, and they are there to bring you information, and solid information. I Most of them are journalists. I am not. I'm a commentator. I'm always very clear with you about that. There's a distinct difference. Held to different standards, actually legally, um, although I attempt to hold myself to... Uh, a journalistic standard from the standpoint of uh, just being a Christian, not telling lies about people, not deliberately, not deceiving you, not, not giving you disinformation. I was going to say not deliberately giving you misinformation, but that's called disinformation. I mean, that's, I don't believe in that. So whenever I see Brian Kemp campaigning on what has already been done in Georgia by way of the corporate mafia, um, it bothers me because it reminds me of like Stockholm Syndrome where everyone's just so desperate. I said it on Stu's show today. Everyone's so desperate for a crumb, for anyone to stand up and defend us that we'll even take the guy who just kicked our ass. It's abusive. Remember, or remember I warned you. I warned you back in, gosh, January. You know, don't allow yourselves to get sucked into vacuums. And right now, you're just happy to see anyone show up on the field to defend you. And I realize some of you are like, well, yeah, but Monica, you know, I mean, at least he's doing something. Right. uh, Do we still have Dominion Hardware in the state of Georgia? Yes, we do. Did we follow the laws that were already on the books? No, we didn't. Did we allow the Secretary of State's office to engage in an agreement that was outside of his purview? Yes, we did. Did we allow for drop boxes to lay around the state like dumpsters, like trash receptacles? Did we allow that to happen? Uh, that, that, were, that, had, that had no chain of custody whatsoever? With regard to our critical infrastructure, our national security, and the way of our vote? Yep, we did. Have we prosecuted anyone who was busted on camera with additional ballots or boxes or people who lied about a water main break, uh, people who lied about conversations with the president and doctored evidence because that conversation never happened that way. I was actually busted and called out by the Washington Post by name. Has that person uh, been questioned? Has, is that, has that person been indicted? Has that office been questioned or indicted? Has any part of that office been reined in? No, it hasn't. And when I say reined in, I mean according to our Constitution here in the state of Georgia according to the authority uh, vested in the governor of the state of Georgia. Have those things been exercised? No, no, they haven't. So do you really think that I'm going to get behind a man or a woman or a dog or parakeet who allowed all of that to take place and not call for a special Session while having the emergency powers of COVID 19 in his back pocket, refused to call for a special session so that we could have elected, we we could have denied the election results of this state. Do you think that I'm going to get behind someone who, after all of that, offers me a crumb? In the way of now, we're going to be a big baller and stand up to the big, spooky, scary corporate guys of Delta, who still has a tax, a fuel tax credit, by the way. It would make your grandmama blush. Or to Coca Cola. Yeah, not me. So, not going to happen. I would write my own name in before I voted for Brian Kemp. And you can think what you want. You can say what you want. I see the same people standing behind him in every press conference. And I'm going to leave you all alone because I know you listen to my show. And I'm not going to be ugly because I imagine our paths are going to cross again. But you know who you are and you know that you are dead wrong. I'm glad that all of you are excited about having a seat at the table and y'all can still text Brian and y'all get invited to all the hoopla parties that hopefully you know by now don't mean a hill of beans while the rest of the country suffers. No one held him accountable when it came to recalling this man. Everyone who knows what went down ran for the hills because they're scared of being redistricted. They're afraid of being blackballed. They're afraid of losing money from the GOP and support from the GOP and the RNC, by the way. Yep. Yep. So it's not just the state of Georgia. Nope. It's not just local brouhaha. This is coming down from a national syndicate. There's that word. That's like the word of the day. Like a syndicate could be a really good thing, right? Like syndication of media, Of information that's not disinformation, or a criminal, a criminal gang syndicate, or a political criminal mafia syndicate. They're all over. They're all over. So no, I'm not excited about all of the. uh, We're all. I'm not backing down. We're going to stand against this. And okay, Brian, will you do what you need to do, Pumpkin? But I'm not. um, I'm not. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. I am watching my nation implode. And if you think for two seconds, I'm going to take a bow, I'm going to give an attaboy to a bunch of traitors. Nah, not this girl. No, thanks. So I love you guys, even if you do, but that's just not who I am. So Senator Georgia, Senator, kind of makes you wonder whether or not he would have actually been the Senator. It was pretty darn close there. Raphael Warnock, (laughs) he tweets out yesterday, here we go, you ready? Hold on to your britches for this one, because this one's really good. Quote, the meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's right. Whether you are Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves, end quote. Yes. So we have a man in a robe who purports to be a reverend. Okay. Who is, who is in the pulpit of Ebenezer Baptist church, home to the Martin Luther King jr. uh, Legacy and family, right, right here in the great city of Atlanta, Georgia. So he, so he holds a position within a body of legacy as it is. And if, if, m l k jr is not rolling in his grave. I would be absolutely stunned to to hear this level of heresy come out of a pulpit of a man of God now, why is this such a big deal because see because he some of you are like, well, yeah, I mean, we are supposed to you'd be committed to helping others right right well here here's the problem with saying. We are able to save ourselves right fundamentally goes against exactly what Easter stands for now, I'm sorry, not Easter resurrection because Easter is nothing more than a pagan deity uh that that we're that we're contending with, which is why being Greek, you know we're part of a different calendar we go by you know the first full moon after uh Passover. I mean, yeah, there's just a very liturgical, uh, canonological reason why uh, people do uh, what they do with regard to Easter. We call it Pascha. It is uh, Resurrection Sunday. Like there's, we always called it a Greek Easter, uh, but it's Resurrection, right? Well, fundamentally, there would have been zero reason for Jesus to have endured all that he did and remain perfect and be tortured to the extent that he was, and willfully give up his life for ours so that we could be saved for eternity through our proclamation and profession of our faith in the finished work of what God did through him on the cross, and in the grave, and through the resurrection that had absolutely zero to do with how wonderful we are as humans or our commitment to helping others. (laughs) This stuff literally blows me away. I couldn't believe it. When I saw the tweet, I was like, what in the hell am I reading? I mean, I took a screenshot of that so fast and sent it to every elder I have. And said, this man has lost his damn mind. That's exactly what I said. You're going to ask Alvita. I was like, what is going on? And of course, you know, she's going to pray because that's what she does. She prays for all of us. And I'm like, no way. Not even, not even. An hour later, that dude deleted the tweet. And I'm like, oh, uh uh-uh, nope. That ain't going to happen not happening. You are literally leading people into a pit with that type of reprobation. That is heresy. That is humanism. It is apostate. It is an apostasy. It is a. It is horrific that people would believe that they could earn their way, that they have any possible way to earn even a little bit into God's kingdom for eternity. That is, that is an abomination of the word of God, but it sells politically, right? And see, some of you are all like, see, this is why pastors just need to stay out of politics. Wrong. No, wrong answer. That's how we got here. That is exactly how we got where we are right now. Is the church just taking her clean little mittens and, and her little bobby socks and her big white bows and all of her purified kids and, and their holy sex and their way of behaving and all, all their stuff and, and their pearls. And just, we don't talk about that or them. That's how we got here. Y'all better roll up some sleeves. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back for the kingdom that we are supposed to be building. That's right. And that includes getting down with some folks who are living in the trenches. Because some of y'all know that's where you were. I know that's where I was. And listen, some Saturdays, I'm trying not to go back. If I'm being honest. Some of y'all need to get honest. Got all kinds of crazy stuff floating through your head. You can't keep up with your own finances. I mean, all kinds of stuff. We just, we have these scales of righteousness. Right? Well, Gay. Okay. You know, being gay is not the unforgivable sin. I know. I know. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I got a real problem with this whole um, transgendering our children stuff. Listen, you're 18. You want to start whacking away at some of your biology or nipping and tucking or, or extending or whatever the heck goes on with all of that. And that's between you and your maker and your plastic surgeon, yes, and your uh who is it that handles your adrenals right that guy it you know that that's between you and your doctors. you be a grown person, but leave our babies alone. they are off limits. oh my gosh, you have people literally losing their children right now, Stu just covered it a few weeks ago over masks masks and and yet you have courts saying, well. You know it's okay. That's your son. Of course you can. Or I'm sorry. That's your biological boy that you're going to call non-binary. That's going to be able to determine at ten because you're going to start giving them medication that alters their brain. Literally, basically, rob it rapes them mentally, physiologically. It literally consumes their brain so that they never develop into the human being God designed them to be by giving them hormones and injections and pills and all that stuff before they're allowed to go through puberty. It is disgusting. It is criminal. It is vile. It is filthy. And yes, I would say this on any stage, on any platform, including but not limited to in front of the Supreme Court of the United States of America because that is exactly how I feel about it. And anyone with half an ounce of Jesus or the Holy Spirit would feel the exact same way. It is wrong. It is wrong. And for the church to be in agreeing with it, to be in agreement with it is dead wrong. Now, all that to say, when you are dealing with children who do come from a place of spiritual bewitchment and confusion that happens. come through their genetics, which I still believe is a matter of, of spiritual, it's a spiritual domain. It is a spiritual domain that you're dealing with first, that yes, can manifest itself through the biology of someone who, who, who definitely feels from childhood that they are the wrong sex. That is absolutely real. I've ministered to people who struggle with that. It is nothing to be made fun of. It is nothing to take lightly. And what really ticks me off is that we're just making it this cultural thing. It's just this trendy thing when there are actually people out there who are a minority, by the way, who have wanted to take their lives from the time they were five because they were so confused. They just didn't understand why they were so confused. It's horrible. And, but to, but to, but to not have the answers for that and to not even come alongside those families and pray with them, right? And get them the counseling that they need if in fact that's the route they choose to take while this person is ministered to, which I believe there's nothing nothing that the power of the holy spirit of god cannot tend to nothing i don't care how reprobate you are i don't care how, i don't care how far down the the vile wicked filth hole you've gone and i've seen and encountered some really wicked people people embodied with possessed with the most vile filth that you can imagine, who have done filthy things to other human beings, and I have absolutely seen the power of God rest upon these people. You cannot tell me that the God who brought Jesus Christ up from out of that tomb is too dinky for demonics. Now, why we don't see more of that in the earth? Beyond me beyond me we've made it so hollywood and and like it's only a faction of people you know you have to be like some ordained exorcist to to contend with things of this nature i tell you what you do need to do you need to understand who you are and your jurisdiction who you're seated in and where the power of the name of jesus who jesus is to the spirit realm if you're going to contend with things that are just a little bit bigger than you or at least you know, position themselves as such. If you recall, there was there were a group of guys who who went to contend with a particular demon, and um, and they came back to Paul. They're like, "Good grief!" I mean, they were all beat down and battered, and Paul's like, "What the heck happened?" Right? This is apostle Paul in the New Testament, and uh, and they're like, "Well, uh, so fun fact, uh, you know, we go to to cast the demon out, and the demon looks up at us out of this guy's eyeballs and says." Well, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? <laughs> and proceeds to just whoop that tail, <laughs> and and I'm laughing because I've seen things like that actually look at me in ministry. I mean, dark, dark things I've seen in ministry, and I just go, okay. Well, here's the here's a really fun fact, devil. I know I'm not here in my authority, so I'm not about to get that twisted. Nope, I am not here in the authority of Monica Matthews. Not even a little bit. But by the power of the living God Almighty, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the only Lord of all lords, the Son of... Of man, the son of God, by his authority and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I take authority over you. In the name of Jesus, I cast you up and out of that woman right now. There's no screaming. There's no beating people over the head with a wheelchair or a cane trying to knock them over. None of that. Ain't nobody running around looking crazy. It do not take all that. Jesus wasn't knocking people out of their chairs and, you know, doing Holy Ghost jigs across the room and making sure that they all fell out in the spirit. He wasn't doing that because he is the only authority. He is the final authority. These spirits, his footstool. And guess where I'm seated? In Christ Jesus. And so are you. And so when you're dealing with things of that nature, you have to know who Jesus is and who you're not. You have to know who Jesus is to spiritual elements. And so when it comes to things of confusion, it is wrong for us to be ostracizing these kids. It's also wrong for us to be agreeing with and making legal pathways for their biology to be altered even by their parents. It is wrong. It is criminal. It is as criminal as... The Tuskegee Airmen experiment. It, it, it is as criminal as, as um, the Nuremberg trials. It is criminal. You are dealing with God's creation. You allow those children time to grow. And in the meantime, you come around them and you love them and you protect them and you minister to them with the liberating word of God. I mean, talk about an RNA DNA modifier. There's nothing like the word of God. I mean, what do you think had to happen for Jesus to rise up? His body wasn't dead. So, like his body was gone. Remember? The tomb was empty. So, it's like, come on now. All right, I'm getting into some deep weeds on this stuff tonight, but Holy Spirit's flowing. So, that was Raphael Warnock. Yep, and there are people who literally believe his word over the word of God. Joy Reed being one of them. She's fun. Mm-hmm. So Joy's like, she got on to uh, Jenna Ellis, who was counsel for President Trump. Brilliant young woman. I had her on my show once, and she's just a uh, constitutional scholar. I mean, she's just on her A game. Christian extraordinaire understands her, her word. And, you know, she's calling down fire, talking about what the senator tweeted before he deleted it. And, um, And Joy Reed's going to chime in. Yep. Because she's like, I can't imagine that somebody who's standing in the Ebenezer Baptist Church in the pulpit of Martin Luther King Jr., I think he knows better than you do. I'm like, actually, what you're saying is he knows better than the Word of God. And I'm telling you right now, there's not a, a, a jot or tittle, there's not even a breadth of a strand of hair that any of us could do to move mountains in the way of getting ourselves into the kingdom of God for eternity without going through the mercy seat. I'm going to leave you with this. Why is this so important? Jesus Christ sits on the mercy seat. When people say to me, Monica, why, why would God make it so that there's only one way? Right? Because for a long time I would say, well, you know, as long as you get there, because I didn't want to offend people because I didn't know how not to offend people. I was, I've never been a good apologetics person. And, um, I think I've gotten better about it over the years, but, but I've just, you know, I, mean, I, I either, either, you know, I came with the heat, <laughs> and like a blowtorch, <laughs> people would walk away singed, <laughs> you all some of y'all do that now, right, or I was just kind of, well, he's kind of teetering on that, well, Lord, you know, I'm just going to be loving and kind because that's what you told me to do, and I'm not supposed to judge people, so I'm going to let you deal with them, Right. And God's like, oh, boy, all right, Monica, from glory to glory. So thankfully for all of his patience and mercy and grace, right? Mercy's new every morning, by the way. Thank God, quite literally. But I would tell people, well, you know, I know, God understands. <laughs> I mean, what kind of theology is that? That is a theology that leaves you afraid of man. And when you realize that you, sometimes you only have a window You may be the only window that person ever has to look into a glimpse of eternity on this side of eternity. And so why would you miss the opportunity to just love, love, love that person right where they are and, and let them know that God loves them and that God is love. And why would God use anything but love to bring you to himself? And that's who Jesus is. That's who he was. That's who he is. That's who he will always be. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he wishes that no man would perish, that none of us would perish. But he knows that, some, that a lot, actually, I was going to say some, a lot will. A lot of people will. And so when you have the opportunity to share the beauty of God and the beauty of Jesus and the importance of the mercy seat of God, God will give you the words that you need in that exact moment. You don't have to have something recited. I mean, it does say to study to show yourself approved and to be able to give a defense for why you believe what you do. We're called to do that, right? And it doesn't mean that you get it right. And, and whenever we get nervous and we get scared and we get defensive and we just muck it all up, people are left just, you know, feeling worse than they did before we ever opened our Christian mouths. So it is important to just, Father, just wake up every morning praying for that armor of God. Give me the, the helmet of salvation, the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ, Right. The breastplate of righteousness, which goes over your heart, guards your heart from all those fiery darts that the enemy's constantly throwing at us, firing at us all the time, right? Your belt of, 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 of truth, gird your loins with the truth of God. Your feet of peace, oh my goodness, right? The sword of the spirit. That's all you need. God's got your back. He's got your side and then go ask him to order your steps for the day. It's so simple. Father, I commit my entire mind, my entire will, all of my emotions. I commit my body, which is your living temple, a living sacrifice. I commit every single ounce of myself to you. Father, I invite you in by your Holy spirit to occupy every single cell of my body. And my being, every single bit of it. And if I muck up in the flesh today, Father, I thank you that the spirit is willing, although the flesh is weak, but you have made a way for that too. And your weakness is, your greatness is made perfect in my weakness. That, that's the truth, y'all. That's the gospel. That's in your Bible. All of that. Don't ask me the address because I'm horrible at addresses. But I promise you, if you, if you Google everything I just said, If you go to your Bible app and type in little phrases of what I just said, you'll find it. You'll find him. A lot of you are very thankful for me, and I'm grateful that you are. But please, always, 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 the way you bless me the most is not by sending me your money, not by, although I'm very appreciative. Thank you for those of you who do contribute to my work. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. If you don't get a thank you note from me, you better let me know because we got to fix that. But you should. You should get a thank you note from me. I'm so grateful. But the way you bless me the most is by blessing our Father for allowing me to be his mouthpiece. That's how you bless me because then he gets to bless me abundantly. and He can do above and exceedingly great anything that any of us could ever do. And so thank you. For your gratitude. Thank you for getting on to me sometimes when you're like, okay, Monica, if you say, oh my God, one more time, I'm not going to be able to listen to you. I don't want to offend you with that stuff. I know some of you laugh because I do, you know, I'm a little sassy. I get a little loosey-goosey with my, with my not my four-letter words, but, you know, my choice words sometimes because I'm just mad. And I'm working on that. I, I can relate to Peter a little bit. So, y'all pray for me. If you don't like it, then pray that God has mercy on me and he continues to work with me and that my heart remains pliable, right? That, I, that my spirit remains teachable and that my spirit uh, hears his spirit and that I'm willing to abide in accordance with obedience. That is the greatest gift you guys could ever give to me. That is the greatest compliment is that you thank our Father for the work that he's doing through me and through many others who love him, even those who don't love him. He works through the wicked. Don't forget that. He can. He can work through anything and any one. So pray for those who don't know him. Y'all need to for real keep Senator Raphael Warnock on your prayer list. I know I do. Either that or he just needs to come on out of the pulpit for real because that's dangerous, dangerous stuff. But I love you. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back with you. God willing in the creek, don't rise tomorrow. Be good to your neighbor. Be getting your own mirror. Remember, if you're an American, act like one.